Hi, this is Roger Sosa. I'm the executive director of the Evanston Chamber of Commerce. You are listening to the North Shore Podcast. Welcome to the North Shore Podcast, a podcast about the lovely cities of the North Shore of Chicago, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and we have a sponsor for the show, NeuroNoodle. Hey, parents of athletes, your kids get a physical every year, right? Well, include a brain map so you have a baseline to compare it to in case something happens. It only takes 20 minutes to get the data you need to know if your athlete should go back on the field. It takes only 20 minutes to have peace of mind. Schedule a brain map now at neuronoodle.com. Okay, one of the things we like to do here at the North Shore Podcast is put a spotlight on our cities, people, businesses, and government of the North Shore so our listeners can learn just a little bit more about the area they live in. Today's spotlight is going to shine on the city of Evanston. We're joined today by Roger Sosa, Executive Director of the Evanston Chamber of Commerce. Roger, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. We are a North Shore Business Association of 450 members. And our mission is basically to support the businesses of the Evanston business community to provide them with resources, uh, networking and marketing opportunities for their business and to help them bring uh, that value back into the community. That's what we do as the chamber. Tell us your background. I saw University of Washington in there. You weren't part of the Bill James era in football there, were you? Um, actually, yeah. Went Lauren Moon? Far away. We won the uh, national championship, I think, a couple times, like late 80s and early 90s, something like that. Um, yeah. But I was, that was long after I'd left. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I got my graduate degree at the University of Washington, uh, an MBA in marketing. Before that, I um, got my uh, bachelor's in uh, at Northwestern. And so, uh, you know, I've been associated with Evanston off and on for the last 40-something years. Where'd you grow up? I actually grew up in downstate Illinois, a little town called Germantown, Illinois. It's close to Germantown. Yeah. I went to, I went to, I went to SIU Carbondale. Okay. So, you know, you know, the general area, you know, the general area, you passed me on the way down to Carbondale. So that's right. uh, Yeah. So that's why I grew up down in that area. So, and then when, when, uh, college came, we came up here to Northwestern and then I spent a little time out on the West coast after I graduated from grad school. I was there for about 11 years working in the telecom industry. I actually spent about 30 years in the telecom and IT industry before I made a move about, I'm going to say 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago to um, the area of nonprofit economic management. Just, I felt like I wanted to do something a little more worthwhile with my time other than just selling stuff. And so right. uh, this gave me the chance to really reach out into communities and help put people. And that's been a really very rewarding career since then. How long have you been with the chamber? I've been with the chamber a little over two years now. Okay. And uh, before that, I was the executive director in Buffalo Grove of their chamber for about five years. And before that, I was in the back of uh, in the back of the yards neighborhood at the back of the yards neighborhood council as the uh, economic development director there. So you know, I've kind of been in this economic development business about twelve years or so, and in my career, if you want, in a nutshell. You spent two years with Evanston, and it's their hundred year. It was our hundredth anniversary of the chamber. Yeah. Um, we started in nineteen twenty. And so, uh, yeah, we've, we're celebrating our 100th anniversary. And so that's pretty cool. We're excited about that. So we've got some promotions going on. If folks want to join small businesses, they could join for $100, which is a whole lot less than uh, we usually uh, ask from members. We've got a lot of programs going on to help promote businesses right now. So, uh, yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. We're actually, uh, we've gained a whole lot of new members this year. 
The what, 450? That's well, we're at 450 members and we've gained 60 something new members. All right. Yeah. So that's really good. That, we're really happy about that. That's jo- that's job security for another year. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> let's hope so. So you're two years there. You get the hundredth anniversary plus you just you get through the slog of COVID. Oh my goodness. How how was mm-hmm. that? It was COVID was tough, I have to say. I would we not only had to work with our own members and to help them in terms of helping them stay in business and provide support, both you know, marketing and technical, but also moral support. And it was a big crisis in terms of how people looked at their business and how they were able to function. That part was very difficult. As well, uh, Mayor Haggerty asked me to lead the coronavirus business task force. And I did that for a year. So essentially, I had two jobs. I was running the chamber and I was helping run this task force, which brought together all of the different nonprofits, different business associations, different important stakeholders in the business community together to help plan how we could help them, our local businesses, get through this crisis, you know, provide them with education, information on loans. How do we help them get through this? That was really kind of a tough job. And I have to say, while we're sort of taking a breather, I'm a little concerned that we we may be back at this again soon. Yeah, another blip. Really? So these small businesses, I have a small business myself, and it's so confusing, you know, to try to get assistance. Do you qualify? Do you not qualify? Well, you can qualify if you've tried for unemployment and you've been denied Mm -hmm. and you can get a PUA. I'm sure your phone must have been uh, ringing off the hook uh, Mm -hmm. in, in Evanston. There's a lot of confusion as to what programs were that were available, a lot of confusion as to how you qualify and how you apply. I mean, a lot of it was put together very quickly. You know, that was hard because legislators were working, you know, kind of in a, in a hurry, trying to get the best package they could together in front of the businesses. So that was a lot of what we did. We helped businesses yeah. figure out, do you qualify? Do you apply? Who should you go to apply um, with? You know, helping them understand the the, the, the rules and regulations around the whole uh, relief process. So yeah, there was a lot there. I mean, it's a new virus, so, you know, never seen it before, right? Right. Well, we've never uh, done this before, you know? Yeah. I, in my lifetime, I can't remember a business shutdown like this, where we asked people to stay home. It was everything being completely new and being a big curveball for everybody. There was a lot of thinking that had to happen kind of on our feet. Right. And not knowing whether or not this is the best approach or not. So that was that was a big issue for us, is terms making sure that we understood how best to support our businesses. We had to spend a lot of time listening which I think was important as well. So, What do you think some of the biggest learnings were because of COVID? Zoom, electronic media? Zoom, yeah, that's great. We also learned that digital media and digital marketing is going to be a a big part of the future going forward. And that if a business doesn't have some kind of digital or electronic presence, that it's going to be hard. If you can't walk into the store, I've got to have an electronic storefront for people to get to me. You know, the whole importance of the e-commerce was really emphasized here. Also something that would emphasize, I think, is preparation. I think a lot of businesses were caught unprepared. They didn't have sufficient money in the bank to get them through more than a couple of months worth of downtime without folding, which leads me to think that a lot of retailers are in more dire straits than they want to portray themselves to be. That we have a bigger retail crisis than we we think, because so many of them are literally teetering on the edge. And that was that was surprising to me as to how how difficult that was for them to maintain that cash flow. The other thing I think is surprising to me is as we come out of recovery, is how difficult it is to get people back to work. I think it's a number of things. Yes, there's a, the unemployment right now is it's very good. 
right? And when it runs right. out in September, I've heard, yeah, a lot of employers are excited about that. But I think there's another aspect to this, which is I think employers need to think in terms of how are they caring for their employees holistically? That person doesn't just work for you eight hours a day. They also have a family and they have they care for a whole life. And the more you care for that whole life, the more of a, an attractive employer you're going to be and the more loyalty you're going to get from your employees. So I think it's a two-way street. I think employees have to really, I mean, workers have to look at things in terms of what is the best job for me? And employers have to start thinking about, am I presenting the best work environment? Because now we're in a different situation. There's going to be competition for good employees. People who said, you know what? Not doing this anymore. Walking out the door with nothing planned. I mean, in my 40 years in business, never did I walk out the door without having the next job in my hand. Right. We're doing that now. And they're saying, I know I can get another job. They're, they're betting on their skills. And so with that happening, you've got to compete. One of the things that we're figuring out is how do we put programs in place that help our small businesses be more competitive looking for employees. So you have COVID, then you have the surplus coming in, mm -hmm. and these poor restaurants and bars, you know, mom and pop shops, they have to shut down a couple of days a week because they don't have any staff. Yep. Yeah, that's difficult. It's, I mean, I went to a drive-in uh, restaurant. I sat a half an hour in line. Never do you do that. But you could tell when you drove up to the, to the window that everybody inside the store was scrambling. I mean, it looked like maybe one or two people hadn't shown up that day. And people are yeah. just scrambling. I've heard from my restaurant members that every day is a new surprise. Who's going to be here? Who's not going to be here? And that was never the problem before. And now they're having issues with that. So we have to figure out what's that equilibrium where they offer a package that keeps employees loyal to them and keeps them coming to work every day versus, um, you know, what's the most profitable. So there's something in the middle there. There's something in the middle. And I'm not sure what that is. And we're trying to help our employers find that. Well, it's also the consumer because... We can make an attractive package for the employee, but we have to raise the prices. Do the consumers want to pay the price? Well, will, bear? will the exactly. market actually bear? And how much are people willing to pay? Like I've heard from some people, they didn't like contactless service. They didn't like touch free. They thought it was terrible. And they're willing to pay a little more to get the human interaction. Okay. Some people have come to that realization. We may see that. We may see like the differentiation. And I know you've seen, I've seen it when you talk to some large corporations, right? If you want to make a payment with a, a rep, that costs you five bucks. You just yeah. want to go to the automated machine. Yeah, you could do that without any charge. But to talk to a human costs you money. Okay, maybe some people are willing to do that. I don't know. Is that a potential differentiator for businesses going forward to say, hey, I'll offer you a, another level of service, possibly. But those are things that were discovered in this period of time. What, A, can you even do contactless service? Yes, you can. Do people like it? Some do, some don't. Will people pay more? Maybe. So we'll find out. So we have thousands of people moving into the North Shore each year. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are small business owners coming in. They want to mm -hmm. put out their shingle. They put $100 into the Evanston Chamber of Commerce. What, what does that get them? Mm -hmm. Give us your elevator pitch, Roger. Well, what it gets you is a number of things. It gets you opportunities to, to market your business. And, th and those marketing opportunities come along with the annual fee. So, I mean, you get included in our community guide, you get included on our website, you get the opportunity to send things out in our e-blasts and we, our e-blasts reach thousands of people. And so we, all those things are included in the price of membership. You also get the opportunity to develop new relationships. We have a lot of networking events, business after hours, networking breakfasts that, that don't cost anything. You just, you know, it's part of your chamber membership. You just show up and meet people. 
We had a networking breakfast yesterday. There were 25 people there. It was really nice. Got a lot of people, a lot of interaction, a lot of, hey, I could use your service. So that is something that you get as part of it. And I think that is very much underestimating the value of the networking, of developing those new relationships. And then the last thing I think you get is you get access to new information. The chamber is always putting out more information about business grants, opportunities for, for funding. We work with Northwestern very closely. Several student groups are working uh, work in consulting projects with some of our members and helping them you know, take a look at their business and analyze what's going on and figure out, am I doing this the right way? So that free consulting, that doesn't happen if you're not a member of the chamber because I'm the one who refers the NU students. You know, that's another thing that you can get. You also get access to people in casual environments that you may never get to see. And, and that's a hard thing to explain to people. But if you go to a networking event and there's a CEO of one of your target corporations there that you're trying to get into, it's your opportunity to create a relationship with them and you're not selling. You're not in the, at their desk with a, you know, in the middle of a pitch. You're just talking person to person. Yeah, hey, yeah. How's it going? without any sort of pretense that you're going to attempting to sell them anything or get their business. And those casual relationships are really, really important. You see that in, for example, we do a lot of events and we have event committees. And in those event committees, I've seen friendships and relate, business relationships start where two people who didn't know each other suddenly realize, wow, we have a commonality or we are in the same business, but we don't compete. I do this, you do that. We could refer people to each other. So now you're a power partner. I had never, I didn't know you before. So those are, I right. think, are the really powerful aspects of the chamber membership. Um, the chamber also advocates because we are a 501c6, we're a nonprofit. We can't lobby, but we can advocate for improvements to the business community. That's a whole different story. We can ask the city to look at expenditures and look at how they're focusing their money and to see, to make sure that those are being spent in ways that help better support the business community. We can ask for that. And we do that. We also form strong relationships with the other big stakeholders in, in town. You know, we consider Northwestern one of our major partners. Uh, North Shore University Health System is another major yeah. partner and sponsor for the chamber. So we try to develop relationships with the big guys as well as the little guys. So that when they're all in the same room together, it's like everybody's the same. And that's kind of what we're, we're after is to, to, to bring that kind of a, a of a mix and vibrancy to the business community. That's a pretty good deal for a hundred bucks, uh, Roger. I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> when are you raising the prices? <laughs> well, what happens is you get the first year for a hundred, and then if you really like, then you go to regular pricing. But Got we it. may be yeah. doing this hundred year, hundred dollar first year price. We may do that for a while because okay. a lot of businesses who are little or small, like the, the yeah. one to five employee business, they may not know whether or not the chamber is good for them. So why not try it at a low risk? And what we find out is once they've tried it at, a low, at this low risk and they find value, they go back. So that's, oh, that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's the best way for uh, somebody to get a hold of you, Roger? Or the, is it evchamber.com? That's our website. Yep. If you send an email to info at evchamber.com, uh, my entire staff and I see that. If you have a general question, general, the person who has the ability to answer that will find it and will get back to you. So if you've got an administrative question, uh, my membership director, uh, her name's Angela Antosca, she will get back okay. to you. If you got a marketing question, um, my marketing director, Sarah Jane Abbott, she'll get back to you. We've got a chamber policy 
question or you want to talk football, I'll get back to you. So, <laughs> but that's how it works. And if you, and if there's ever an issue, I, I always encourage the public to contact us directly because right. we can do way more with, with your information than we can without. We are definitely an organization that works on that symbiosis with the community. So the more we know, the better we can help. Roger, before we let you go, any more events coming up, coming into the third, fourth quarter you want to bring up? Oh, absolutely. Our biggest event of the year is coming up. September 29th is Mashup. And if you haven't been to Mashup, it's quite a party. It mashes up, and I, I, I like that term, all the different elements of Evanston, the academic community, the business community, the faith community, the nonprofit groups, um, citizens, small business, all in one room. Um, generally about 900 to 1,000 people in one room. And this year, we are planning on having it at Palm House 619, which is a new event space on Howard Street, which is absolutely spectacular. If you haven't seen it yet, it's just gorgeous. This is an example. We really love the idea of people who have invested in the community during a downtime. And that's what they did. They created a marquee event space during a period when you couldn't have events, betting on the fact that events were coming back and that they were going to be first in line for that. And these are the same folks who own Packaged Pig. And thank you very much to all of them for doing this amazing work to create this space. So we're going to be having the plan is to have it there. We have some contingency plans. If, if the Delta should get too big, you know, don't worry. We're going to keep everybody safe. And uh, sponsorships are available as well. You can check that out on our website. Tickets are also available. So if you're looking to be a sponsor, you want to get involved in the Evanston community. If you have a restaurant. We have over 40 rest local restaurants who are featured at this uh, who can provide their food to folks. And it's an amazing way to promote yourself. That's our big event coming up. We're real excited about that. And if you're looking to get involved, uh, info at evchamber.com. We'll get you to the right person for whatever your question might be. And we'll have links in the podcast notes uh, below uh, when we Thanks. put the show out, Roger. Great. Roger, thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm glad to able to talk. And I'm really glad that I'm able to address the folks in Evanston. We're very proud of our community here. It's a great town. Oh. We think it's, we think it's the jewel of the North shore and we <laughs> hope that everybody else can get to see it as well. So thank you very much for taking the time. Roger, whoever I'm talking to, they're the jewel of the North shore. Oh, <laughs> isn't it the case? Isn't that the case on the North shore podcast? Uh, the North shore podcast. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the North Shore Podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. They'll update you on all of our shows. Let us know what you'd like to hear about on the upcoming shows by emailing Pete at NorthShorePodcast.com. The link will be in the podcast notes below. We thank you for listening. Cue the band.